If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships. I'm so glad you're here today. I have a huge topic. It's the word no. This is Empowered Boundaries, Navigating the Art of Saying No. That's today's episode, and I'm your host, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. And I'm wondering, do you ever find your mouth saying yes and your brain at the same time is saying no, 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 no? Have you discovered that that's part of people-pleasing and that you are, in fact, a people-pleaser? Is it something you do on automatic? You don't plan to put yourself last and you don't plan to do everything that everybody asks you, and yet do you find that that's what's happening by the end of the day? Well, if that is you, you are far from alone in this. In fact, pretty well everybody does it. The question is how often, and when things are automatic, it means you're not aware of it. So how aware are you? We're going to look into this today in today's episode. So as I mentioned, I'm your host, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. I'm a human behavior expert, and sometimes small topics become big topics and they leap out at me. And the word no is a very big topic. It's a tiny, very powerful word. It's a complete sentence. And yet we have so many problems saying it. We have problems saying it correctly, and we have problems accepting it. Now, this is such a huge deal that every part of the word no seems to be problematic for us. I mean, how do you feel when somebody tells you no? What does it mean about you? Do you feel like, oh, no, they've rejected me. Oh, no, what did I do wrong? I said something wrong. I have to do that differently. You know, do you start right away thinking, where did I go wrong because somebody said no? Does it have to mean something? Does it have to mean that you did something wrong? Or could it mean that that other person simply says no? They, they don't want whatever it is or they're not accepting something. Is it that difficult for us? Well, you know, yeah, it is. And typically, I think this issue begins in childhood, as everything does, right? That's why I talk about childhood so much. It all begins there. What do we have once the child stops being the cute little baby? They hit the terrible twos, right? We call them terrible. Why don't we call them terrific? Because that little angel that was a sleeping bundle of I'm going to sleep a lot, if you're lucky, um, that child became a toddler who learned the word no. And they start yelling no at everything. Okay, that's... That's the crucible. That's where this whole issue with the word no begins. Because as the parent, what do you do when your child says, no, I'm not eating my peas? You know, they don't, they don't give you the full sentence because no is their full sentence. But when a toddler says they don't want to do something and they're yelling no at you, is that a sort of, well, 
I'm the boss, so it has to be a yes, or, well, I'm the parent, I'm in charge, it has to be a yes, or you need to eat this food, I'm worried you're going to, you know, not grow, or something like that. Like, what story do we have around it? But how quickly do we jump to correcting, and I use that word with very heavy air quotations, correcting the toddler away from the word no? Typically, we don't accept the word no from a toddler. So that little one learns right away that this word gets a big reaction. It's, it's got power to it, but nobody's listening to me when I say it. However, when the toddler wants something that's not going to happen, like they want candy in the store or they want to eat cake before they have dinner or whatever the thing is, that is something that they then learn, oh, but the parent can say no, and their no is, is law. Hmm. All of this is being embedded in the child's understanding of where they are in the world and where their importance lies. So when that child's no is not accepted, and that is a regular thing, it tells them that they're really not worth listening to for their no right? And we do this as adults later too. Sometimes a person will say no. Do you find it difficult to accept? I had an experiment recently. Well, it was more than an experiment because I was, I was genuinely saying no to things, but I'm focusing in on some very specific coaching things that I'm doing. And I have to say no to a lot of opportunities because they're taking me away from what I'm doing. But what I've found is when I say no to those opportunities, if there's a person involved rather than just, you know, clicking on a keyboard, then that person is typically not happy with my response. You know, they're like, what, what do you mean? No, you're perfect for this. I was thinking of you, I was counting on you. And, you know, and the, the guilt language starts to come out, right? Like, I, I can't help it if they were counting on me. I don't have control over that. All I can have control over is whether I say yes or no. So there was someone that wanted me to work with them on something, and I just don't have time to do that. It's not that there's a problem with the project. It's just I don't have time to do that. So I said, no, thank you. I appreciate you thinking of me. And, wow, that took a lot of back and forth before the no was reluctantly accepted. And that got me thinking, how often do we have a problem with no? And then I realized, well, maybe we don't say no often enough and people anticipate the yes. They expect the yes. Now, again, going back to childhood and going back to the toddler and as they grow, do we ever teach them what to do when someone tells them no? We just sort of expect them to get on with it, right? I said no, and that's it. You're going to have to put up with it. But it's not, it's not very instructional for the child on how to process that word no. And they don't know how to sort of implicate themselves with that no. Like, what, what does it mean about me? Where am I going to put that information? What they can learn is how often they're rejected and how often they're no is not accepted, which is another form of rejection, right? So the toddler learns pretty early that 
this word no is problematic. How about when it's, you know, one of my favorite um, examples is sitting on Santa's lap, right? How often do we want the child to sit there because, or sit next to these days is often the thing, but you know, you're in close contact with this old guy with a big beard and a big belly, and you can't see his face because he's covered in this beard and you don't know him and you're supposed to go and, you know, be really close to this person as a small child. And yet if the child says, no, I don't want to, or just no, (laughs) you know, and, and they're kind of panicking, how often do the parents really push them to do that because they want the cute photo, not thinking through what that implies to the child that their autonomy isn't important, it doesn't exist. Their no doesn't count for anything. They have to go and do that thing. So they learn that other people's wants are more important than their own. And I think that's a very dangerous lesson, especially as the child becomes a teenager and what other people want is more important than what they want. That storyline can guide them to doing some things that they might not really want to do and they can end up getting into trouble for, right? So it's, it's a tiny word that becomes so important in our futures. You know, how about hugging a, a relative? You know, sometimes little kids don't want to do that. Maybe they haven't seen this person for a year or however long, or maybe they don't even know them. They don't remember who they are and they don't have that much significance for them. They just know that you're happy with that person but they don't want to hug them. And yet, you know, you want to be the good parent and and you want people to see that your child behaves properly. And that's also in air quotes, you know, so the child has to hug this adult. Again, no autonomy. Their body isn't their own to decide what to do with. They can't say no. So we're really, really embedding this, you can't say no, when somebody else wants you to say yes. And it's so important. So again, I'm going to ask you to think about what does no mean when you say it? What does it mean when someone says it to you? And how well do you accept that? Do you just sort of very calmly say, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, and that's it. If you're going to be the person saying no, do you say it with a whole lot of narrative? That can be really interesting. No, you know, and then an entire essay later as to why it's a no, but that essay isn't really important for the person listening. You can just say, no, but thank you for asking, or no, I appreciate you thinking of me. That sounds wonderful, but no. You know, these things I'm adding to that complete sentence of no, because we feel so uncomfortable when we say no. How often does that happen? Really think about that. It's, it's such an interesting subject. At least I found it so because I hadn't thought of it until fairly recently when I found myself in these situations where I was saying no to a few things and it wasn't being received. And I was just, like, oh, and, and it was my response too that I found so interesting. Like I felt the need to make it right for that person. Okay, like, oh, I said no, so I have to make it up to them. Where did that come from? Wow, you know, that sounds like childhood programming to me. I had no idea I had that program running. So how about you? How do you respond? 
And would you be in a flat panic if you found yourself saying no to someone and then them not liking it? Do you now have to run around and, and find alternatives or, or some way to fix it? Because that's a people-pleasing response, big time. And it can be running and you don't even know. How often do you say yes to things and you didn't even think about it? It was just an automatic. You can, therefore you say yes. But just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? Doesn't mean you have time for it. It doesn't mean you have the bandwidth for it. So how much of our overwhelm, which so many people are living in a constant state of, how much of that comes from saying yes when really it's a no? Now, human design is something that you can use for this, and I'm going to get into that after the break. Just a little bit. We just, you know, skim the surface of it because there's so many things that the word no affects. I want to get through a lot of it today, such as the fear of disapproval. You know, we'll talk about that after the break as well. But right now, I'd like you to think of how do you respond to the word? How do you use the word? How often do you use it? And when does it make you feel uncomfortable? These are some very important questions for you to consider. I will be back after the break. It's coming up just in a moment. Before we go, I want to let you know that you can contact me, mickey at gaffinstone.com. And my email is M-I-K-K-I. I'm not a mouse. So you can email me there. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram less so, but I'm, I'm on Facebook a lot. So if you want to contact me, ask some questions or come join us in the chat and ask some questions there. I'm very happy for you to do that. Give me some information on how no works for you and where it doesn't. Do you have a particular story with that? I'd be very interested to hear it. So don't go away. Make sure you've got pen and pad ready to make lots of notes. So unless you're not driving, like if you're driving, don't do it. Okay, that's a no. See you after the break. Thanks for being here. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. 
Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're still here. And while we were on break, I had a couple of comments in the chat, which are just great. One was, it's a big no while driving, right? And that's a no that I feel very comfortable saying, because we all appreciate that that's a, a health and safety and legal thing, right? You don't want to be trying to make notes while you're driving. That's just seriously unsafe. The other thing that I got in chat was that someone had to say no and felt really challenged by that because it was not received well, but they held strong. Now, that's something that it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. And it's interesting that it's such a big deal for us, right? That, that you have to like really hold fast to this because there's so much programming that you're overcoming and it's childhood programming, right? If your teacher tells you to do something at school, you're gonna tell them no, how's that gonna work for you? You know, sometimes we do and sometimes we end up in the principal's office. So that's one of those interesting things that that little word no really has so many implications. And it's very empowering when you get used to using it. So if you can practice using the word no, practice the scenarios and maybe even role play with someone. And I'm not kidding. It's that important. Role play with someone where they're telling you but you have to, but, but I really need you to do this, but I want this, you know, and whatever language you would usually hear, because you need to be able to hold up against that. Otherwise you set yourself up for overwhelm. Your self-esteem is taking a battering because you can't feel great if you're saying yes to something that you're really a no to, right? So before the break, I mentioned human design has something to say about this and it really does. It has a lot to say about how you respond in situations of rejection, which is the word no being used to you, and how you respond in environments where you're being pressured to help others, to save others, to do things for others, when actually it might be a no for you. And the big thing with human design is it gives you tools to make those decisions and to feel more certain about them. Because if you spend time in your head thinking about whether you're a yes or a no, you get all kinds of story coming in there about, well, it should really be a yes because, you know, I owe this person this thing and that thing. And it can be any kind of story, right? Because when we're using our head, it's information that's come from outside. So it's information that we have from the people who have told us before that our no is not good. We can't, sorry, we don't accept that currency here. You can't say no. And wow, how disempowering is that? How stuck are you when you can't say no? It's a terrible position to be in, right? So some of the things that come up as people get older and, and are stuck in this story of I can't say no, it's a terrible thing to do. You know, it's so much easier if I just say yes or Ghosting, that's something that's fairly modern, you know, it wasn't around when I was a kid anyway, where you would sort of say, oh, yeah, that sounds cool, and then disappear, right? Suddenly people can't find you on chat, they can't get you by the phone, you know, you just kind of go quiet and scuttle off into the corner somewhere, hoping that they won't notice that you saying sure or yes or okay, you know, any version of that, was really a no 
but you didn't know how to say it, right? So you, you kind of give a, uh-huh, okay, and then you scuttle off, right? That's just so disempowering. It's not a great place to be. It doesn't feel good. It can't feel good because now you feel guilty and all the guilt stuff that was put on you as a kid, that all comes up as if it's new. And so now you've, you've said yes to something, but really you said no, and now you're in hiding and I feel terrible and oh no, this is awful. And why? Because of that little word no that you didn't know how to use because nobody ever let you experience it. Nobody, nobody encouraged you to use it and nobody taught you, right? We learn so many things from childhood and some of them aren't good. How to use no is one of them. We don't really get taught how to use it well. So when your toddler's screaming no at you, I don't know, are there times where you could say, oh, I hear that you don't wanna do that, okay. And, and you accept the no. I mean, it's not, going to be a pro, it's not going to be applicable to do that all the time. You know, your child wants to run out in the street, that is a grab them by the collar and no, <laughs> you cannot do that. But if your child doesn't want to eat the last bite of food on the plate, well, that could actually be a no and that's fine. They said no, <clears throat> excuse me. They ate something, they didn't want to eat everything. If they're saying no, and you make them eat it, well, that starts a whole long story of relationships with food that are less than healthy, right? <clears throat> How many of us belong to the clean plate club? That's the one where, as a kid, your parent would say, but you have to eat your peas. There are starving children in, you know, name country or continent here, and, and they'd love to have those peas. And when, as every child does at some point, you say, well, mail it to them, then you get into a world of trouble for being sassy, but even if you meant it, but your no is still not accepted, right? And the reason for your no not being accepted isn't a very good one. You know that you not eating your peas isn't going to affect the starving children in any country. And they probably don't want your peas either. That's the thing. So... We learn all these relationships based on whether or not we're allowed to say no. Relationships with food can become very complex based on what you were made to eat, what you weren't allowed to eat, what you were given at certain times, what you were told when you ate certain things. Like if you haven't been made to feel a glutton for something. <coughs> Excuse me. Have you ever been made to feel wrong for eating a certain food you know I used to have this thing when uh, I was a teenager my mom liked to buy me chocolates and she'd give me the chocolates and then I you know I like chocolates so I'd start eating them and she'd say oh are you sure you should be eating that you'll put on weight you know and it was one of those very strange things where she'd kind of give the chocolates but then verbally taken back by making me feel like I shouldn't be eating them. It was very odd. And it spoke to her relationship with food. That's the thing. This was what she'd been brought up with that was kind of being relayed to me. The, the cycle was continuing. It was not broken at that point. And, and it was weird, but it was all around no. If I said no to having the chocolates in the first place, it would be, but I got them for you. 
then when I don't want to say no because I'd like to eat them, then I ought to be saying no because, you know, I'm going to put on weight. It was one of those very odd things with the word no. And I'm sure you've got a story somewhere that kind of didn't work well with the word no, right? And as you get older, it can leave you with the desire to please people by saying yes instead of the no that you really want to say. You can fear their disapproval, right? If I say no, they're going to be really annoyed at me. They're going to be so disappointed in me. I mean, isn't that one really, (laughs) you know, it's kind of a killer, right? Oh, now I'm so disappointed. Or worse, I'm so disappointed in you. Oof, those are harsh words, right? How, How many kids have crumbled under that? But the fear of negative reaction can actually make it difficult to set boundaries. And what is no but a tool in a boundary? right? Here's my line. I'm drawing this. It's not in sand. It's in concrete. We're going to keep this solid. It's called a boundary. And beyond that is a no. And before that is a yes. And you can explain what your boundary looks like. You need to explain that. But if you don't have the word no in there, is it really a boundary? You know, you you have to have the yes and you have to have the no. Yes, I accept this. No, I don't want that. Right? But we don't get clear on this typically because that word no means so much and it means so much about us. Now, if you're someone who says no and doesn't typically get listened to, and I I know some people like that who say no, but the the people who are familiar with them also know that they're going to cave in, right? Their boundary isn't really a boundary. It's just a soap bubble and it's going to pop. So when that person says no, they're like, oh, yeah, right, okay. So let's go anyway, right? Or let's do this anyway, because they're just not listening to the no. And that reinforces for that person that, well, my no doesn't mean anything. There's no point in me saying it. I'm just going to have to do the thing, right, whatever that is. It's also a conflict avoidance, right? And that's that thing of saying yes, but then scuttling off into the corner and hiding. It's... You know, how do I handle it if somebody gets upset with me when I say no? How do I assert myself without being accused of being aggressive? And here's a very interesting sort of gender role thing, right? When a woman is assertive and says no and means it, she can be termed aggressive or bossy or pushy or any of those terms that mean you know, you don't like the way they're handling themselves. But if a man does it, then, oh, yeah, he he really knows what he wants. And he's, you know, it's all good things about him because he's assertive, she's aggressive. That's the difference. But it's the same behavior. How interesting is that? No wonder we want to avoid conflicts, right? And another thing that we, I've noticed this for women particularly, When we want to say something that's placating, oh, that's okay. See what I did just then? Oh, that's okay. My voice went higher. And it's a very typical thing that women do is, you know, nothing to see here. I don't sound aggressive. I'm all high-pitched and squeaky. And it's a signal to the other person that you're kind of caving in. It's like, oh, no, that's okay. And we do it automatically. We learn it very young and it's not one of those things that's 
told to us. We just get it from the environment, right? But there is a big problem with too much yes and too much giving in. You end up overwhelmed. You end up overcommitted. And then you can't do everything you've said yes to, right? So I invite you to think about where are you typically saying yes and you'd love to say no. What would that look like if you actually did say no? Could you imagine the scene? How do you see it playing out? Where are the problem areas? Is there something that you're worried would happen? Do you think you could be really brave and test it? See, see if that thing actually happens. Or is it not as bad as you thought it was going to be? I mean, really, what is the worst thing that can happen? Depends on the situation, I suppose. I can't give you an answer to that. But I'd like you to think about it for yourself and think about where do I say yes and I actually mean no. Because, boy, does that get resentful, right? You resent the person you're saying yes to and they might not be aware that you want to say no. They may be completely oblivious. You didn't give them a chance. So think about that while we go on our break. And I'm going to be right here on Navigating Complicated Relationships. When we come back, there's more about the word no and boundaries and all those good things. So don't go away. Do keep your notepad handy unless you're driving. And I will see you in a minute. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Navigating Complicated Relationships. You're listening to me, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. I'm your host. And today we are talking about the huge word, no. It's huge because the meanings are so broad, depending on you, your perspective, what you've been taught no means, what you've been taught no means about you, and how often you have been encouraged to use that, right? There was a whole campaign, um, oh, I don't know, a few years back of just say no when it came to drugs. And I don't know that it worked that well. And I think part of the problem is people didn't know what to do with that information. You know, uh, just say no, what? 
you know, like, and then what? What, it, what, you know, the teenager who's in the position of being offered drugs, for example, and they say no, well, they don't know what to do with what comes next, right? Because we didn't go into that. It was just a, a slogan that sounded good, but I don't know that it was wildly useful because people didn't know what to do with it, how to respond to it. Isn't that interesting? That word, no, we really don't get taught how to use it and how to follow through. The follow through is so important. What do you do after the person you're talking to says, but you have to, or, oh, come on, just this once, or whatever it is that they're going to use to try and persuade you differently. You still want to say no, but they're pushing you. That's the part we don't get taught. And that's the part that I think is very interesting to explore. Coaching can certainly help with that. If you've got a long-standing problem with using the word no, and maybe you didn't realize that until today, maybe you didn't realize that you feel cornered a lot by what other people want, we can coach you through that and get you to a place where you can stand up and say, no, thank you, <laughs> and mean it. And, and there is no further discussion. And you'll know how to handle that. You'll know how to handle the, but you have to kind of response. That's what coaching can do for you so that you can really get out of that corner and you never have to scuttle off again. You don't have to ghost people. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend. And you don't have to end up being resentful because you said yes, but the word that wanted to come out was no. That is so important because your self-esteem is tied to being authentic. The word authentic is banded around a lot. And I've noticed that authentic is good so long as everybody agrees with you. But when you're authentic and people don't agree with you, this is where that whole no comes up, right? Well, no, you have to say the same things we're saying and then be authentic, you know, right? That's, that's typically how things are going, particularly at the moment. If you look in social media, you're either with the majority or you're wrong. Well, is that true? Is that an extension of the problem with the word no? No, I don't agree with you. What does it mean if you don't agree with someone? What does it mean if you say no to their opinion? It means you're in trouble these days, pretty much. People don't know how to handle a disagreement. They don't know how to handle a difference of opinion. This, this separation all stems from the word no. No, I don't agree with you. No, I don't think it's that way. What do you do with that? I keep asking that question because I want you to keep thinking of your answers. These are your answers. Food relationships. Food relationships become very complicated around the word no. And how often do you find yourself coming up with excuses not to say no? For example, if you're at a buffet and there's all that food there, this whole story going to be coming up, right? Like, well, I, sh I should eat as much of this as I can because I've paid for it. I should eat as much as I can because it's there. That's, that's typically the, the sort of first level, right? Well, it's there, so I'll have something of everything. And then, of course, your plate is piled up and you belong to the Clean Plate Club. So you have this narrative running from childhood where you've got to eat everything that's on your plate now. But you may have been a little too enticed by the, 
it's there so I have to put it on my plate narrative. And now you end up leaving the buffet absolutely stuffed full of way more food than you wanted because you didn't know where to say yes, no, sorry, you said yes a lot. You didn't know where to say no and you didn't know why you wanted to say no. No, I don't think I'll eat all of that because I know I'm going to feel really uncomfortable if I do. No, I don't think I'm going to eat that. Last time I had it, it wasn't as good as it looked or whatever comes up for you. But we, we stuff that no down and it's part of a bigger issue with food relationships quite often is when you say no to something and it's food related, do you feel deprived? That typically does come up for people where, well, you know, if you say I can't eat this, then I'm going to focus on it and I need to eat it. Like if I said to you, you can never eat ice cream again. That's it. Terrible stuff. Don't eat ice cream. That's off your menu. First thing you're going to want to do is go out and buy a tub of Ben and Jerry's because I told, just told you you can't, right? And, and it's kind of hardwired into us that we want that thing. It's that, no, well, you're not the boss of me. Again, can you hear the child voice coming out? This is where you get a little older. You're not the toddler anymore. You still want to say no. And now you're flexing your muscle a little bit and maybe getting into trouble for it, Right. And, and that opposition comes up of, well, you tell me I can't have something I want. I want it more now. When you t translate that into food and your relationship with food, it can become very dysfunctional in a hurry because you're eating things for the wrong reasons. You're not eating them because you feel nourished by the food or because it's something that you know is going to make you feel good. You eat it because either the marketing showed you this wonderful lifestyle that you'll have when you say yes to this food, or they'll show you that everybody else is doing it, all the cool kids are doing it. Why aren't you eating it too? I watched a recording of a football game yesterday. Now, I, I love American football, so just put that out there. I was watching this, and it was the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Now, that was fascinating for me. They, the commentators talked about Pop-Tarts almost more than they talked about the game. And one guy had never eaten one before. And all the others made him feel weird for it. And they called him that. They said, like, wow, you're such a strange guy. How come you never ate one of these? Oh, we're going to have to fix that. You need to eat one right now. And he he had to eat one. And, of course, he had to say it was it was amazing and, and all the tasty things because he's kind of at the Pop-Tart Bowl. So you have to say that. Whether or not he felt that way, I have no idea. But it was one of those pressure things. Chances are, if this guy's reached his late 30s, 40s, without ever having eaten a Pop-Tart, it might be because he didn't want to. But his no wasn't being accepted. And it was very clear. And he was being teased into a yes. He was being pressured into a yes. I don't know how that will have affected his stomach or whatever else later, but he was pushed into eating something for the wrong reasons. And how often does that happen to people throughout life? Quite a bit, quite a bit. And we can end up with weight issues, health issues, self-esteem issues, all sorts of things tied up around food. Now I'm mentioning this particularly today because I have a 90 day program that I'm coaching right now 
on relationships with food and how you can get to a place where you can say no to a food, not because you have to, not because somebody says you should, but because you want to. It's your choice to say no to that particular food. And it's not willpower. It's not a pressure. You just don't want it anymore. And we can get you to that place. We will get you to that place with this 90-day program. Today is the very last day that you can join. The doors close tonight. So if you are interested in this program right now, now is a perfect time, then I would love for you to contact me. You can find me on Facebook. You can send an email to Mickey, M-I-K-K-I, at gaffinstone.com. And that's my email. You'll find me there. And I'll tell you more about the program. Now is the perfect time to learn all sorts of reasons why and when you can say no and how you can change your relationship with food so that it's functional and you don't have to eat a donut because it's three o'clock. That's the donut's not the boss of you anymore. You can choose. Do you want to eat it? If you do, okay, that's, you know, it's going to be your choice. Nobody's going to tell you you can never eat one, but it doesn't need to be in charge of you because, oh, it's three o'clock and I have to eat a donut, right? How many of those stories do we have? So if you're interested in this program, I invite you to contact me. Today is the last day for this particular 90-day program. It won't be starting up again until late spring, um, early summer is when I'll be doing it next time. So up to you. I'm certainly not pushing you to say yes, but feel free to come and learn all about your relationship with food and who's the boss, who's in charge of you, you or the donuts. Self-worth issues. I mentioned that earlier on as something that is tied to our ability to say no and what no means about us. How do you accept rejection? How do you accept being told that your grade wasn't an A or you didn't make a certain thing that you'd applied for. You know, how how do you accept that no? What does it mean? Do you plunge into despair? Do you suddenly feel like, oh, everything goes wrong, nothing ever works for me? What is your narrative around that? Let's investigate because it doesn't need to be such a big deal once you learn the communication skills around the word no. I've mentioned the gender expectations before. Those can be pretty pervasive around so many things. No is a very big one. And, you know, girls are typically encouraged more in saying yes when they're little. And boys are really not taught how to accept no. So that can be a problem in relationships later, right? Sometimes we wonder what, what, what happened? How did that relationship turn sour? How did things go badly that really didn't need to? You know, it's perplexing. And it can be that one person didn't know how to say no properly and the other one didn't understand about accepting no. Very interesting the way we raise our kids, right? Guilt. An obligation are two things that Gen Xers typically got raised with, right? Because if you're not going to be 
particularly present as a parent, which a lot of boomers weren't, they're, they're busy making money. How do you control your child? Well, guilt is a good one. You can guilt them into the behavior you want and use a sense of obligation is another one. And that Gen Xer grew up to feel responsible for other people's happiness. That's an interesting topic all on its own. I'm going to talk about that when we come back after the break because we're here again already. This is really flying by. I hope you're getting a lot of useful information out of this. Maybe it's prodding you to think about your relationship with the word no and what do you typically do? How often do you say no? How often do you mean no when you say yes? Hmm, food for thought. I will see you after the break. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're still here. Before we get back into Gen X and what their relationship with the word no is, I want to let you know that next week's show, I have a special guest and his name is Alex Wiesenwald, and he is going to talk about changing your thinking to effectively solve problems. He has a system and it's very interesting. I'm going to need him to explain it to you. So tune in next week for Alex Wiesenwald and he's going to tell you all kinds of things about how changing your thinking can solve problems. Very cool stuff. Now, Gen X, less Gen X, <laughs> the most put upon generation, I think, that we've ever had and hopefully that we'll ever have, but I don't know. Gen X typically feel responsible for other people's happiness. They feel that they can control things that are actually not within your control, right? You can't make someone happy. Now, I don't know who needs to hear this exactly, but could you all please listen? You cannot make another person happy. You can jump through hoops. You can say yes to everything. You can do all the things. And that person may still not be happy. And it has nothing to do with you. Nothing at all. Happiness is an inside job. You have no control over the other person's feelings about you, their opinions of you, whether they're happy or not. Like you cannot control any of those. So please, if you get one thing from today, get that. It doesn't work. So you are not responsible for saying yes in order to make another person happy. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, it, it simply is something that we are, learning as we grow up and Gen X has really got a whole lot of that. They have misplaced responsibility. Your responsibility is to yourself. It's not external. How often do you hear, 
hopefully it's less these days, but I used to hear parents say, you know, I made all these sacrifices for you and I did this for you and I did that for you. And you, you need to like do the timeout sign and say, yeah, no, you didn't. That was your choice. And you made the best decision you could at the time. That was what you did. It has nothing to do with me. And really understand that. Another person's decisions are nothing to do with you. They're their decisions. So they're yes, they're no. It's all to do with them. Just as yours is all to do with you. Fear of missing out. FOMO. How many people get that? And how many marketers really play to that? Now, earlier I said that the doors are closing on the group program that I'm doing right now that's working on your relationship with food. It's not necessarily a weight loss program, although a lot of people do lose weight on it, but it's a health program. It's a healthy relationship with food and it's getting your health into balance. And with that program, I said doors are closing today. That's actually not a FOMO tactic. It's legit. But how many times do you think see things advertised where they are doing the, we've only got three spots left, you got to hurry up or it's gone. Be quick. You know, all these people are coming in and, and you're not, you know, and they give you that fear of missing out. It can contribute to the reluctance to say no, right? Oh, well, I don't, I don't want to miss out on that. If everybody else is doing it, it's got to be good, right? Or what if I'm the only person that's not doing it? Ah, and then you jump in. You're pushed by the fear of missing out to say yes, when you really might want to say no. Maybe it's just not going to work for you. And perfectionism, holy smokes. Perfectionists often, because you need to excel in every area of life, you need to be able to do all the things. It can be very challenging to turn down a task because, well, of course I can do it. You know, this perfectionist streak. Yes, I can, I can fit that in. I can you know, work that into my day. And it doesn't, the thought doesn't go deeper than that. But really, even if you are a perfectionist, and that's a whole other conversation, you still can say no to something so that you can be more perfect about what you're doing, right? Try and think of it that way and see if it works. Assess your personal limits. Is this really within the limit that, that you want to have? Is it within your boundaries? Do you actually want to do that thing? I invite you to think about that. Now, I've just been reminded in the chat, can you imagine I need to be reminded of this, that my second book that I've contributed to is out right now, and it's called Light from the Shadows, Enriching the Lives of Others. Inspired Choices Network put this book out with contribution from the hosts, and you can find it on Amazon. In Canada, you can find it on Amazon in the US. And it's, it's an entertaining book with some really diverse people in there. So I invite you to have a look at it. It's also on Kindle, so you don't have to have a physical copy if you don't want to. But please do have a look and see what you think. Again, you could say no if you want to, but I enjoyed the book. I might be biased. So Finally, before we head off, I, I want to look at the temporary satisfaction of saying yes that can lure us into saying yes when it's really 
a no, right? Because you get that, ah, I said yes, they think I'm wonderful, or, oh, yeah, look at me, I, I said yes to the thing when other people couldn't do it. Whatever it is, that, that saying yes can give you that little dopamine hit. You know, it's like ticking something off on your to-do list. It gives you a dopamine hit of, ta-da, I did that thing, I said yes. And, and that can feel good if you need to have approval from other people. If you need the sense of accomplishment that, oh, I said yes. But you know what the flip side to that is? It's called long-term stress. It's called overwhelm. And it's called exhaustion, right? So if you are someone who finds yourself feeling quite overwhelmed and utterly exhausted and wondering how you're going to fit everything into your day, this might be where your problem lies. It may be that you're not currently saying no to things that aren't getting you where you want to be. So I invite you to consider every time somebody asks you to do something or they offer you a thing or you see a shiny or, you know, the squirrels running off with a banner, every, every time you see this new thing, consider is it getting me closer to my main goal? Is it bringing me towards something or is it taking me sideways? If it's sideways or even backwards, you have an opportunity to practice the word no. Hmm, could be fun, could be really interesting. Do that, take some notes, send me a message. You can find me, Mickey at gaffinstone.com, M-I-K-K-I, or you can find Michaela Gaffinstone on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm in all those places. Again, mostly Facebook. You can message me. I'm very responsive to those things. I would love to know what you think about today, what came up for you, and if there's any areas you want to explore. And remember, today is the last day. It's not a FOMO. It is the last day to join with this program for 90 days. I'm partnered with WildFit, and we are doing an amazing program here that is just it's life-changing and it's health-changing it's game-changing i will see you next week with my host alex wiesenfels talking about changing your thinking and changing the problems and the way you solve them it's going to be quite enlightening so get your notepads ready for next week as well and i will see you then i look forward to hearing what you got today see you then Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationship Show. Makayla returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.